0: yo 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 what's up everybody uh good morning to y'all man welcome to fruit of the Boom podcast this is your boy jbjr in the building um beautiful sunday morning today uh we're just going ahead and get some early podcasting in and i want to go ahead and get everything started real quick we got one of our uh competitors in the building actually we got one of the competitors who won our fresh produce online battle and matter of fact my man is from florida and it was my man was brought in some super dope he you know it was one of his first times competing i remember and dude was amazing with shits like dude was knocking it took everyone out man systematically and did some great shit, man so definitely um, definitely want to hear some more from him in the future uh so give all praise and welcome to my man ronnie beats what's up with you bro
1: jb what's happening brother
0: man Sunday, brother, just kind of waking up maybe like 30, 40 minutes ago, man. It's <laughs> just uh, yeah. trying to
1: get shit started.
0: Yeah, same year, man. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, no, nah, I real, I do appreciate you taking out the time just to, you know, do this this morning, man, you know, so we can just probably, you know, get your own name out there, man. That's definitely what I wanted to
1: Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. That's what it's about, especially in times like this.
0: Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. So, uh, real quick before we start, uh, just want to let everyone know who's never heard the show before. Um, the show is basically about producers, um, DJs, and engineers. Um, I call those the three unsung heroes of the music industry because you no, know, they're the most important people for like artists and bands that a lot of people don't know about. Like who makes the beats, who makes the songs and the music sound good for the artists for playing out here in the music world. Who puts some music out here for the masses, you know, for people to hear. You no, know, I wanted those stories. So. You're hearing about artists and bands and stuff like that, and no shade and no hate to them at all because I love them. But I want to give these people some opportunity, to give their uh, their stories and their experiences out there for people to know and understand them, you know. And also, you know, if you want to network with them, this is a perfect opportunity to get you to know about them. So we're gonna go ahead and get this started right now, uh, real real quick. So first question I'm gonna ask you, brother, which I pretty much ask everyone, uh, and we just kind of go from here is, how did you start in music, profession?
1: So I got a crack version of FL Studio when I was in high school, basically. Started in 2001, and it's like the rest is history from there. Like I just started experimenting. It was a hobby at, at the time, but as as I got better and better, I actually learned how to engineer on the way, and it just turned into a, a whole another entity with me and my nephew.
0: That's what's up, man. So uh, what version of Fruit Loops did you have? Like, what, like, just Fruit Loops, like, one? Or what version did you have at the time back in two thousand?
1: I have version 3.5.
0: Okay. Okay, so right before 4. Okay, yeah, because I was a 4 person around... 2005? So yeah, so I, yeah, I got into around 2005 myself, man, with Free Loops, man.
1: Yeah.
0: I like like you, man, I got a crack version. I mean, <laughs> at this point, man, if you had Free Loops or you starting off making beats, who didn't have a crack version of the shit? You know, just being honest, who, who really, yeah. truly did. Yeah. So you still working with FL to this day, or did you kind of move on to graduate to different stuff, or what are you using now?
1: Yeah, I'm still FL game to this day. Uh, but like I said, because I learned how to engineer, also learn how to use pro tools along the way because it's essential if you're a producer you might as well learn how to engineer
0: absolutely absolutely I Man, how long have you been uh, using uh, pro tools for
1: so pro tools i've been using for the last six years
0: okay cool 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 and how you um uh, because i've uh, been using pro tools like off and on like when i try to when i do try to go to the, uh suburban pro to do some uh, work you know shout out to matt and the fellas up there uh so how do you feel, uh, so how do you feel like about the workflow between like are you working in FL or Pro Tools, or do you even feel like a difference there? Because I mean, like I I feel like it's kind of like a, a mix of like Audacity, kind of like the old editing free editing software. So it kind of reminds yeah. me of that, <laughs> but but it's but it's but it's like just way more kind of intuitive. kind of like a Sony Sound like. 10.0 type shit, man. Like, it's dope though, cause I fuck with it. And that's kinda how I learned how to edit shit with Sony Sound Soundforce then kind of moved on, man. So how did you like Pro Tools, man? Cause eventually I do wanna mech and get my own version just practice, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, so Pro Tools, it's, it's linear editing where Pro Tools is, I mean, I'm sorry, FL Studio is more like you can start on one part of the song, go back and you can, you know, it's pattern based. So you can work on different parts of the song and put it together later. But Pro Tools is straight, linear, you drop a track in a certain lane, and anything in that lane gets affected by what's on that track. So the workflow is really linear, so it's really good for song making, composition type stuff, for real.
0: Okay, cool, 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 cool. So since you, um, it sounds like since you do do some engineering, do you have like a lot of clients that you do, that that you uh, both uh, record and make beats for, or do you just kind of do one or the other? Like how do you, so how how do your workflow go with like people that you work with usually down like in Florida or just, or even outside of Florida?
1: So we mostly sell our production online. Of course we use BeatStars, but in between when I'm not selling beats, I'm at the studio recording sessions I'm mixing songs for artists and I mostly work with local, uh, you know, local people down here in Miami. I'm working on a project, uh, for a band that does like futuristic neo-Cuban music. They blend different elements from Miami and hip hop and they kind of mash it all together in a futuristic sound. So I'm working on a project for them, uh, right now, but yeah, that's just mainly it to just to keep money coming in because it's, it's out there. We just got to go after
0: it. Hell yeah, man. Now, that's enough money out there for everybody to have, bro. Like, real shit. I mean, in this field, like, there's so many different ways you can make money. Like, you know, like I was telling uh one of my uh telling on previous episode, man, you look, know, it's to the point where, you know, you can work with artists if you want to, or you don't even have to. Like, cause it's so much shit no. out there. Like, you don't have to, if you want to, like you can. I mean, and I'll you know, tell people all the time, no, no, work with artists, work with bands, you know, get that feel. But I mean, since composers been around for centuries, not working with vocals, I mean, you kind of think about it, you don't need it, but it's always good to have. It. You see what I'm saying? Because it's so many different avenues for us as producers, I mean, it's kinda endless at this point. You know what I'm saying? Right. So no, nah, that's that's real shit, man. So so I just want to go ahead and ask you something else, man. You know, since we're still early into the uh, interview, bro. Uh so tell us how you heard about uh fresh produce and uh, and if this and I also want to know outside of fresh produce, man, um if this is your first beat battle and if this is your first beat battle, just tell us how your experience was. If not, then just give us some experience in general about how you feel about beat battles and stuff like that.
1: So we got to go back to 2017. That's where it all started. So um, me and my nephew, we started our production company, Bass Lab Entertainment. And, you know, once we got it established, uh, you know, we just started looking for opportunities. And the very first opportunity that I got was for a beat battle that was down here in Miami. But I didn't know anything about it. My homie sent me a link to it and I jumped on it. I didn't even know what I was going into. But I ended up winning uh, the Miami Beat Battle. They flew me out to Houston. I, I got to meet uh, Zaytov and Paul Wall and like some other celebrity judges and stuff like that. And that was kind of like what started me off in, in the battling realm of things when it, when it came to produce, producing. But um, how I came across Fresh Produce, again, I was doing beat battles. And one of the previous champions, Skateboard Prodigy, I linked up with him at one of the beat battles that you know, um, you know that we was both competing in. So we were both checking each other out because you know I gotta scope out my competition. I was like, "Dang, he kind of dope. I I need to look out for him." So you know what I'm saying? And he was doing the same thing. He was like, "Dang, he kind of dope. I need to look out for him." But when we actually linked up, it wasn't no like you no know, tension or nothing. Like we was cool. Like we would be. We both think alike as producers, and we started, you know, started working on projects together, and we've been tight ever since, basically. And you know, anytime I enter any battles, you know, he always comes through and support. When he working on projects, you know, we go back and forth, bouncing ideas off of each other. But that was that was kind of how I got really got into the battle scene, and then you know, from here, I participated in. World beat battle, which is based out of Canada. I've did done some other like small time beat battles, but I've been doing this officially since 2017
0: that's what's up man that's, that's that's definitely what's up man so do you feel like any uh, opportunities and um, stuff been opening up for you since you've been doing these beat battles and getting like more exposure since you know shout out to the homie uh, Skateboard Prodigy man because definitely he's been coming through and doing some amazing work himself both in person and online for Fresh Produce. so you know so so have you feel like a lot of opportunities and um, different networking stuff been opening up for you since you have been doing these different battles you know, not only in St. Louis but in Canada and Texas and back home in Miami like how do you feel like the opportunity, what opportunity was?
1: How's that been for? In my opinion, the opportunities from the networking actually is more beneficial than winning the beat battles, because you meet so many people, and you you build relationships with these people. You don't know how it's gonna play out later on down the line, because you may meet somebody at one of these events, and they open a door for you later on down the line that that changed the direction of your whole career. So for me, it's more so been about the networking aspect of, you know, once I do these beat battles or whatever, I'm trying to link, I'm trying to work with somebody and, you know, see what they got going on. I even forget sometimes that it's even a competition because I'm just trying to link with everybody. You know what I'm saying? But I understand at the same time, it's a game that I'm playing. And you got to know the rules to the game. So if you want to be good at it, you still got to play the game at the same time
0: that's real dog no, that's that's real man and that's one of the main things i'm glad you said that i'm glad you truly truly said that uh how important that is for the networking piece because one thing i know a lot of people get caught up on and i've said this countless times that these battles and shit like that bro is you know if regardless if you want to lose if you took the networking portion of that and worked it then fuck the win you won right there you know what i'm saying like you know i guess that's how i'm looking at it. kind of like you said you know it's just like yeah the money's cool you know the clout's cool but if you get the networking under your belt i mean even if you lost you still gonna win because i know plenty of cats man uh that moved on and just moved out of town did great shit. you know they just used this as a jumping out point which i'm glad they did to start working on different shit like i know people that's no you know doing festivals and shit now you know because they started out doing this and it's just like no i want to go ahead and start doing some more live stuff and do festivals and shit like that now uh and i shout out to my boy adafix over in uh Cali right now like he he's been doing some great shit you know just as an example and so you know I, I really do i really am glad that that you said that because i need people to understand like because they're so caught up on that win part you see what i'm saying
1: yeah it ain't just, about that
0: it, it ain't like it ain't like and I tell folks that all the time man, like no man if you can get this if you can find someone whether it's an artist another producer engineer whoever you know that's just wanting to work with you and get you out there or if niggas just willing to buy beats or something like that man cause it's funny niggas want to buy beats just off of beat battle shit alone so yeah. you know so you know <laughs> Work that opportunity, man. When it comes your way, and that's why I tell no, you know, work every opportunity. Like I worked my opportunity and got the, and moved in podcasting and this shit. So it's like you gotta kind of just work the opportunities you got and uh make make something great out of it. And so that's kind of the same thing. I you know that's kind of pretty much we saying the same thing on that. Which I'm glad you said that, bro. Like that's that's real. Dude. I'm glad you said that.
1: Yeah, I live by that philosophy. So when I go into these events it's never like all right i'm coming in here to just to take over it's like all right i'm coming in here to make connections i'm trying to trying to link with somebody because i know we all on the same path so if we all combine you know what we trying to do uh we could go a lot farther than me trying to just do it by myself
0: Nah, that's real no nah, that's that's hella real bro like no nah, that's 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 hella real like I'm, I'm glad you think i'm glad you definitely thinking like that man because it's that's how i think everyone's thinking move like that because Think of the win as just a bonus. It's just a, it's just a bonus. And just clout is just good for like X amount of time to compete again. I mean, other than that, I mean, shit, you know, you can win to like maybe a couple hundred, but shit, you can walk away with a couple thousand with the right networking. easily. Exactly.
1: Not at a hundred, don't look like nothing.
0: Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all money, I mean, the money's good because you can win, is great, but if you make 10, 20 times that with a connection that you met at the same event, how the fuck not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's kind of how I look at that, bro. But uh, so uh, let me ask you this, man. So as far as like uh people that you worked with, um, do you have anyone that you particularly worked with so far, or that you that you would like to work with, whether it's in Miami or people that you've been in St. Louis, out in the valley? Is this anyone that you feel like you really want to work with, or have been working with as of recently?
1: Like I said, I've been working with mostly local artists, but I do have like. You know, visions. I see myself in the future working with Drake. I see myself working with Timberland. I eventually wanna work with Missy. Like, I got big dreams. I plan on being in the studio with them one day.
0: Absolutely, man. Would you say uh like well I know a lot of people influences Timberland, but it, would you say Timblin's like one of your biggest influences? Cause I hear it in your music, man, because I definitely hear yeah. it and shit
1: like that. So definitely. Yeah, like when I started, it was like around 2001. So if you look at the producers that was on top of the game during that time frame, during that genre, that that wave, it was Timbaland, Scott Storch, Dr. Dre, um, Manny Fresh, cause you know, the Hot Boys, all like, those are the producers when I was coming up that I was listening to. And then, oh, and 3 Mafia was a big influence too. So Juicy J definitely, um, I plan on working with him in the future as well. But, yeah, that's that was basically where I, I got my early sound from because he, he just got a certain sound. Like, you know a Timbaland beat within the first four bars. Like, yeah, that's a Timbo beat.
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah, man. So, uh, just, I kind of, I asked, uh, so I, I just want to kind of go in a different vein for a second doing the music production, man. So, uh... Let me ask you this, so what's your style? Um, because you uh, got those influences, uh, how would you say your style particularly is like in music? Like would you say is um, you don't have a style or you don't have a set style or you kind of have certain specialties that you go into like more of like the a, like a trap, EDM range or do you kind of do sampling from here and there? Like what kind of stuff do you
1: like to do with your music? So for a while I was really against sampling because I thought it was cheating. But then, you know, I realized that even if you gave two producers the exact same sample they're not gonna come up with the same idea they're gonna have a completely different vision or interpretation of what sounds good to them so in a in a way it still is unique and it still is yours because nobody else would have came up with that idea with that particular sample so i do incorporate samples every now and then but my style i guess you could say i'm unorthodox like I like to have things off grid sometimes my hi hats I like I stutter my hi hats I do particular kick patterns that stutter like I just got like untraditional like stuff that's not traditional what most people were doing like as far as kick patterns and stuff like that um but I like minor chords too I, I love minor chords um big orchestral sounds strings those kind of like my signature sounds I guess you could say
0: Okay, cool, 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 cool. Because I know, um, I definitely, ain't you know, what I, I, can't hear that. You no know, way I was listening to your stuff before, man, like, now I definitely tell, like, because it's, it's really no such thing. And I guess I asked that question because it's really, you know, I, I ask that from time to time because I want to see, like, what kind of person, you no, know, because it tells what kind of personality that you have. Because since it's, it's you inside your beats, you know, just yeah. kind, you know, I'm just kind of curious to see what kind of style of kind of like what do you put out there for people to know. So. Like, so, for, for, for example, like, when I hear, like, certain, like, uh, soul beats and stuff like that, like, you can hear, like, someone really did put some soul shit into it, like, really, like, it was like, okay, you could tell where their headspace was at that time, you what I mean? And so, I can definitely tell, like, you know, you know, with listening to your stuff that you be on, like, a vibe, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, definitely be on your vibe shit. Yeah. But like, so, you no, know, so I can definitely tell that, man. So, have you ever, picking, because you want to be on your vibe shit, as a matter of fact, have you ever, uh... Or do you ever get into, like, the lo-fi uh, kind of genre or ever thought about getting into it? Because since you're on the vibe, man, and that's just, like, a big thing, or you just like, well, it's just kind of not my steaks.
1: You know what I'm saying? No, I'm definitely open it, open to it. And I've been considering it because, believe it or not, actually, when I'm at work, I'm, I got lo-fi music in the background playing. And it just it just creates that vibe. You know, it's easy going. Because I have my times when I want to hear some some hard bangers. But then I had times when I just wanted to chill and vibe. So I I had some lo-fi playing in the background.
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah. And would you say, like, as far as uh, using influences in general, just um, period, do you have any kind of, like, non-hip-hop influences? You know, like, say like, people out just outside the norm of hip-hop, maybe in, like, the soul range, or classical or R&B or gospel or jazz, stuff like that. You know, do you have any influences in that range, too?
1: Um... I guess because I didn't actually get into music until the 2000s, that's where all of my influences came from because before 2000, I was not into music. It was crazy. Really. Yeah, so I didn't like actually get into music until that time, so I you know got introduced to a lot of the producers that I'm familiar with now, but like a lot of the music before then, like I just wasn't into it for like I don't even know why. <laughs> It
0: is what it is, man. I mean, at least you got into it, man. And now, you know, since 19 19 years later now, man, I mean, definitely, you definitely got the wave going with your shit, man. You definitely been (laughs) sound like you've been doing it all your life, bro. So, hey, you you got it. it. You definitely (laughs) got it, bro. But, uh... No, I just kind of ask those kind of questions, man, because I'd be interested in seeing, because, no you know, uh, like, if you would listen to, like, a lot of different genres, I started, just outside of the hip-hop stuff, um, because uh, I always feel like, you know, just listening to different genres, man, that's, like, one of the things that can help really kind of expand your catalog and your creativity and everything, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, lately, i actually been, um, I've been vibing out to some Afro beats.
0: Nice. And, like,
1: like Caribbean music, because the percussion, like, I love those different sounds that you know, Afrobeats and it's a it's a commercial sound, so it could go anywhere.
0: Hell yeah. Are uh, you familiar with uh Fela
1: Kuti? Yeah. I got yeah. them on my Pandora Station. My man,
0: there you go, there you go. All right, cool, yeah. cool, cool. All right, that's what's up. Yeah, man, now nah, Afro B is the shit, man. No, uh Love Afrobeat, man. Like Fela Kuti was my intro to the shit. You know what I'm saying? And you no, know, I, I yeah. mean, it's, it's it's a sound that you know I'm Glad it's become more prevalent And honestly I would love to hear more more Afrobeat shit And like beat battles man
1: Because Yeah that's what I was saying Like I thought about coming with Some Afrobeats But you gotta slide it in there A particular way So It don't throw the crowd off And you know You probably lose points Because you didn't time it right
0: Oh, man, she uh, was... You know, the way I feel like with beat battles, man, especially yours, man, because we don't give a fuck about what the genre you bring, as long as the shit dope, you know what I'm saying? This is yeah. of how we think about it. But, uh, nah, man, I think if you come through with some Afrobeat shit, man, one day, because I think we may have had Afrobeat on. I can't remember if we have had it, man. But uh, if we have, it has been a super long time. But, nah, man, like, if you came through with some Afrobeat, bro, I mean, you would kill because, trust me, like, people fuck with shit like that because it's it's a vibe man like it's it's making you want to dance bro it's it's motherland music bro this shit gonna make a yeah. vibe hard as fuck yeah. you know what i'm saying so nah like nah so nah i and, you know low-key i do want to get into more afrobeat shit just with my beats because i've been incorporating a little bit of it just here there. but going full-blown i want to try to do that that and reggae man like in a uh, dance hall and shit like that because i'm not really being like in reggae music especially like old school shit like we're talking about old school uh dance hall and shit like that you're talking about like shower range and the super cats and shit like that nigga. so yeah uh, so you know i'm trying to go back and you no know, i want to go in that range forever man, uh, matter of fact have you ever done any kind of speaking of which since you down in like that area where uh it's a lot of people from the caribbean and shit like that man uh do you have you ever gotten into like the reggae vibe or dance hall vibe or anything like that down there in
1: Miami? Not not particularly like Reggae and Dancehall, but that band that I work with, like I say, they do traditional Latin music too. And the project that I'm mixing for them, um, man, they got a lot of instruments. Like, it's like 64 tracks of oh, just great. instruments. And then I still got vocals on top of that with two vocalists. Hmm. Yeah, so, so
0: yeah, I want to hear a little bit more about that, man. So how'd you uh end up working with them, man? Like how did that how did that come about?
1: So oh yeah, so actually uh I'm also a manager at Guitar Center, so I'm the plug also. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. But it came through the store one day. Um and you know, it they was just looking for some equipment. I was helping them out and they seen how knowledgeable I was with the equipment. It was like, yo, you can help us out with this project. I'm like this is what i do let me help and from then we recorded a few songs and i mixed a few projects and i actually ended up with two placements on their last album um nice. miami, miami Thirty Fifty, and that's out right now that's what's up man
0: that's what's up bro like yeah I'm, de- I'm definitely gonna have to check and take a listen to that, um and you know listen to that bro for real for real because like I said, no, fuck with my man, no, like for real, man. I've heard his shit before, man, like a little bit after Fresh Produce. Dude got that heat, man. So I, I definitely suggest y'all fuck with my mans, man. Like, he, he definitely got it. Like, so, no, I, I'm definitely, I definitely want to take a listen to that, bro, for real, for real. Cause I, I like, I love different sounding shit like that, I man. I like to go away from like regular shit outside of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Just to get away for a second, just to get a new vibe. Cause I listen to a lot of shit, uh, honestly, I listen to a lot of South American music now, man. Like, down in, uh, brazil and shit like that like uh what's the name of the genre samba rock uh samba rock and uh mpb uh stuff like that man so i'm not uh it's like because it's a lot of clearly it's a lot of black people in brazil and shit you know what i'm saying so it's a lot of like dope music down there man that you might want to look into, man kind of since you like you know kind of expand that knowledge base man just you know looking in like some of that brazilian uh a uh, samba, call samba rock and shit, man. Like looking at that, um, bro. Like yeah, you'll you'll fuck with, it, I guarantee.
1: Yeah, because I like percussion. That's that's another thing. I like I try to slide percussion in, even on like like hard trap beats. I still try to slide some live percussion in there every now and then.
0: And guess what? Live should be sounding the best, man. Like, cause I mean, if you can give, live percussion is the shit, man. I mean, honestly, man. Especially if you know how to. Program it to sound like live and shit like that, if you got like some synthetic sound and drums but know how to program this shit to make it sound live, bro, right. it'll take shit to the next level. Every, every single time. Every single time. But no, nah, man, I mean, I definitely want to go ahead and check out some more of that music band, bro because, uh, nah, because it sounds like it's hype. It sounds like it's hella hype.
1: Yeah, they so they already got the, you know, their sound with the Latin music. They basically just said, throw some trap on it for me. Oh, shit. Oh, that's, oh, that's hard. <laughs> that's hella hard. That's hella hard. Yeah, no, basically, they just said, throw some trap on it. I got you.
0: There you go. See, and good people, see, and there's no... And so I always want people to hear that. There's no... No, it's all this shit is freestyle, bro. Like, if the shit sounds great, if you can mix, like, uh, seven, eight different genres together, but the shit sound cohesive, fuck it, get away with the shit, man. You know what I'm saying? For yeah. Real. But yeah, uh, just kind of move forward, dog. Just so we can go ahead and I just want to add you something different because we actually this is a good show, man. We actually got through a good amount of stuff, man. Um, Yeah. So uh, I want to ask you uh, just to give you opinion. So what? So since you are uh, engineer and producer. I ask this for people that like that's that do engineering and shit for people um especially if you got like your own studio your own space for people to come in and shit like that so do you have any particular uh etiquette and rules for like people that you work with you know as far as like you know hey I have these rules where uh you know if you come to my space you can't do a b c d or you have to be you have to be at this kind of level with this kind of standard doing this kind of stuff you have those kind of rules or have that particular kind of etiquette rule for yourself for like dealing with people in that range like for like recording and engineering and shit like that
1: no i'm pretty like lax like you know at a minimum you know as long as we, we respectful but I, I really just be chilling and i go based off of the vibe of the artist too. So, you know, a lot of times you know, I'm just in there chilling, I have fun doing this. So my vibe is always up. It's really going to be on the artists a lot of the times, you know, how they feeling. But other than that, you know, I just, you know, I try to work with them and, you know, because you got to have personal development too. You can't just have all of the technical knowledge. You got to know how to talk to people. You got to know how to communicate effectively. You got to know how to interpret what they are trying to tell you to. Cause sometimes you'll get artists in there they'll ask you to do something and you know what they asking, but they say it in a way that's like, you, you mean you wanna do ad-libs? Or you mean you wanna put a filter on your voice? You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you gotta be able to interpret what the artist is trying to tell you know, what they want. And they ain't gonna teach you that in the book. You just gotta have experience in the studio working with people. And you can't have like, you know, a cutoff point because every artist ain't gonna be at that same level. So, if I got an artist that I could, oh, uh, all right, I could tell he just starting out. Let me help him out a little bit. Yeah, do this. You know what I'm saying? But some artists, I ain't gotta say nothing. I just hit hit record. They lay their track, and they let me do my thing. So, I go based off of you know where that artist is at. Um, I'm open to work with anybody as long as they are respectful. That's the only thing I ask.
0: No, that's real, bro. And you know what? And that actually leads into another question, bro, that's actually real important. So do you have any like uh, I guess any stories or any experience like as far as negative wise was like, yeah, I learned my I learned from my mistake this time, I'm not gonna deal with that kind of shit again. Do you have any kind of stuff that you wanna tell people like, yeah? Don't deal with this, or don't try to you know like stuff like the do's and don'ts. Like, don't deal with this kind of level of stuff, or don't deal with this kind of person, or this kind of people. Do you have any kind of uh, um, anything you want to say to people as far as like like the do's and don'ts? As far as like what you should not deal with.
1: You should deal. You should not deal with uh, people that don't do what they're gonna say. I say that's that's my biggest thing. You know people can say a lot they can talk a lot i could do this and do that but stay away from people that don't follow through on what they say they're gonna do
0: that's real man no because that's important man because that, that shows consistency you know what i'm saying it's, it's all about the consistency piece
1: exactly and i'm big on that like i'm you know because you know i'm always analyzing and fixing problems and stuff like that you know having consistency is important because i'm making my next my next move based off of you know information i have available so if i don't have accurate information or you know somebody didn't do their part you know that kind of breaks the momentum
0: no that's real no, and that's and that's hella real bro because i mean it, it's all about a te- it's all a teamwork thing when it comes to shit like that and people just yeah. kind of understand that man like nah like if you because it's one thing to work on your own and, you no know, working your own page but if you're working with someone in particular you gotta be on like the same page cause that's that's important you have to be on the same page or at least try to work to be on the same page
1: right just having a clear line of communication and you know as long as you know what their expectation is and what you could deliver and you know those come to a you know a common ground you can you can have a successful project that way
0: no that's real that's real and so no that's that's something real man I agree with that 100% man um yeah time because we definitely got some oh yeah we still have plenty of time okay cool so yeah man uh want to try to ask you just uh about um so when you uh because i want to kind of take it back just a little bit uh when you say you was learning different things were like since 20 uh two, 2001 with your music and stuff like that so i used to ask this often but you know i'm trying to ask this more and more often now which is um have you ever uh, looked at anything, uh, do you know any kind of form of music theory or anything like that?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good one. Because <laughs> for a while, I, I I didn't even know what music theory was and I was just making beats basically. I was putting sounds together. I'm like, oh, that sounded good. That sounds good too. And I realized my beat, beats were at a certain level, but like around 2017, like when you know me and my nephew started taking it more serious, I started learning more about music theory, and I didn't go too crazy into it. You know, I just learned some basic concepts, chord progressions, being in key, stuff like that. But I noticed immediately once I learned some music theory, my beats went somewhere else. They they went to another level, and I started hearing certain stuff. I'm like, oh, snap, I could like, it's really, like, I, I stopped running out of ideas because that's something I would run into before, like beat block is what they call it, mm-hmm. to where, you know, I might have a sample or I might have a melody, but I don't know where to take it from there. So by me learning music theory, I can extract information from that sample or the melody and build around it now. So now, once I learned that, it's just like, like, now I can't run out of ideas. Because there's so many different directions I could go now,
0: and you know what? I'm glad. And I'm so glad you said that, man. Because um, music theory to me is foundation, you know, especially when it comes to stuff de- dealing with like uh, music production, man. Like, I took like you know, like I like I had you no, know, I had to learn it back in the day because I used to sing choir and play instruments myself back like when I was younger and and when I started making beats just like you said like I, when I started making beats in 05 you know I was all I needed to do was just learn how to make the program but once so I learned the program like as far as the music side it was, it was cool it was great at that point and uh and like you said man like learning that really kind of does help take stuff in a different direction so even if you do have like a block you do at least have some way to kind of like like okay well maybe i need to sit on it for a second because maybe i can't think of something right at this very second but soon something comes in because something in theory just comes back like oh yeah i gotta do a b c and d everything goes to the next level so i'm saying like everything yep. maybe goes to the next level or i can find how to do like five, six different ways of doing like five, six different melodies just working out the same sample. See what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, so no, no, I'm, I'm glad, you know, you definitely took a theory. I think it's more of a thing that uh, more uh, producers and engineers need to look into more, you know. I know some people do it, and I know, especially people that have like done music in the past before music production, but it's one of those things that I think and where I think it should be mandatory, like if you're going to get into music production like know some form of theory you see know what I'm saying
1: yeah that should be one of those skills as a producer like that you should have at a minimum if you if you plan on doing this like you know as a career like if you're just doing it as a hobby yeah, cool but if you plan on like doing this seriously and planning on making money from it it just makes sense to have that skill because it's gonna make you more marketable as a producer
0: now, that's real that's, that's hella real but uh no that's that's real as fuck, man and i, I really do think it's more uh marketable as it makes someone to have that kind of knowledge base then on top of the fact that if you have the business acumen you know what i'm saying on top of it to take it to the next level and be where you wait you know i think that's important like and actually that's a perfect segue as a matter of fact so since you do work with a lot of people and clearly you, you are business-minded man like can you speak on the importance of like how important the business aspect is? Because we always talk about the creative aspect, but how important uh, how important would you say is the business aspect? Just kind of let people know about that.
1: It's as equally as important as learning learning your craft. We missed like we missed that for the first year. I'd say you know for, like learning the business. We missed that part. Like we were making money. We was doing beat battles but we didn't understand the business. And we noticed like, you know, we was getting attention, but you know, things wasn't like really popping off how we wanted to. But then we just started looking at other successful people and like like, what are they doing? And look at the type of stuff, like the type of information that they have. Cause it's like, you know, it's obviously, they know something that we don't. So we need to find out that information. And it was like learning the business because when you have to rely on other people to get information, that, that kind of holds you back because you now you got to move on a time clock. And when you're trying to get somewhere and you know you need information, you, you really don't want to have to wait on somebody. So you got to go out there and get that information. So when it, it comes to the business knowledge, we decided we was just going to go out there and get the information to, to see how we can elevate the business because we didn't like I had experience from network marketing but I didn't know how to run a production company and my nephew he had experience with marketing because he he was in college at the time You know when we were starting up so us combining both our knowledge together was what allowed us to say you know what we got we got a game plan now we, we got the business model in place we got the structure we just need to execute now And so between both of us, we just been, you know, sharing ideas on business moves. And right now we actually in the process of securing funding to open up our physical studio. Because we, we ready. we feel like we've grown to the point now where we can serve the community better if we have a physical location
0: that's what's up bro like definitely that's what's up man like you know I'm glad you said that and as a matter of fact man um, to lead off into a second question about music business um, would you say you had? any uh, well, I'm pretty sure, it's like anyone else that deals with business, you probably had negative experiences. With people doing bad business or potentially doing bad business. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with, with stuff like that, man, um, if you don't mind speaking on it, I just you know. Do you have any kind? Do you have any story that you want to share? As far as like, okay, let me not deal with this again, let me let people know that you shouldn't deal with this business-wise. And you don't have to say names or anything like that, you know, just kind of- Yeah, for sure, for but yeah, sure. but yeah, um, yeah, just kind of curious.
1: Yeah, so there was a particular situation uh, with a label uh, that I was involved with. So there was an artist that I had previously recorded. We did some work together. We stayed in contact, you know, I'm you know, still following him on IG, whatever. So he got signed to this particular label. And I shot like, congratulations, bro, good luck. You know, I see you out here. He asked me to send him some beats. So I sent them links to my BeatStars page to purchase the beat. They never purchased the beat. But later on, I see them post on IG. It sounded like my beat, but it it seems like they had their in-house producer remake it. And I'm like, oh, no. So I'm not tripping at first. I'm like, all right, I'm going to just wait to see how it play out. Hopefully he's going to get in contact with me because we've done business before. He's not going to do me like that. So time goes on. So he goes on the tour and the song's still playing. I'm like, hey, so you performing with the song now. And I still haven't gotten word back on like, what's the deal? I haven't seen any transactions in my Beatstar star store to say that you purchased it. Mm. So I'm like, all right, it's getting to a point where now I got to say something. So I didn't even reach out to him directly. I went straight to the label and I was like, Hey, so I see y'all been using my beat, which is cool. Uh, we, I mean, like I work with, I gave him permission to use it, but we didn't have a discussion about the paperwork so we eventually you know talked on the phone we arranged a meeting and the crazy thing was when we got to the meeting they started to try to negotiate with me on my beat hmm. even though they they were claiming that the song wasn't in play already i'm like well the song's already in play so i need upfront money plus back end money but me not knowing the business, I didn't know how much to ask for or how much I was entitled to. So I just said some crazy number, give me 30,000 for it. And it was like, basically there was like, you crazy, you're not gonna get 30,000 for one beat. So I was like, okay, just make a deal with me or whatever. Um, so we you know, went back and forth a few times, but eventually we set it on a $1,000 producer advance plus they'll give me publishing it on the back end. I got a receipt for that, got an email saying that, this is what we're gonna do. So after that conversation takes place with the label, the artist releases the song and I had not heard anything from the label. Then I try to contact the label, My calls are getting forwarded, I email, I text and they completely ghosted me. So I'm like, all right, so I see I see where this is going. So I went to all of the platforms because it got released on Spotify, iTunes. Like, um, I think they used um, Empire Distribution. So I went to all of the platforms. I went to YouTube, went everywhere, filed a deep uh, a complaint on all of the material. Had most of it taken down. So now. If they want to negotiate, they have to contact me in order to remove the complaints. Because now they can't do anything, they can't make any money because all of the streaming platforms have removed the song because I proved that I own it already. And like, even after that, they still never reached out. So the only thing I could conclude from that was either they didn't have the money or they were never willing to pay for it from the jump and me not knowing you know the music business or what to ask for in that particular situation i still learned a lot from that like even if you work with somebody and you think you trust them and they won't do you that way you know stuff happened because i don't even think it was the artist's fault i think it has so much to do with the management at the label that caused a lot of that to happen but I can't really speak for what was going on in there. It is what it is. And it's been almost a year now, whatever the case. And I just took that experience and just like like really buckled down and learned like as a producer, like we always entitled to get 50% of the writers share. Oh, it don't matter even if it is exclusive. That was one thing I didn't know at that time. That now if I go into a negotiation, I know what my stance is. So, as a producer, everybody should know this. Even if you sell a beat exclusive, you are entitled to 50% of the writer's share, no matter what they tell you. Because you produce that beat. That's your idea. So, you got to stand behind that. And, you know, every situation is going to be different. Of course, you know, every contract is not the same. But you always going to have that, you know, to lean on in that situation but that was that was a you know an experience that that you know i can i learned a lot from and i just teach people from it it's like you know just try to do good business because crazy thing is after all of this happened i found out the label actually lost the studio that they were working in Hmm. and the llc got dissolved probably a few months after that whole ordeal happened. Mm. Now, I don't wish bad on anybody, but that's karma for you. Because look how all of that happened after the fact.
0: Nah, nah, that's, that's, no, that's, I'm glad you told that story, man, because that's, I see that as a cautionary tale for people to just kind of know. I mean, regardless of what side of the fence you want, regardless of if you're a producer uh like yourself trying to you know negotiate business and getting that kind of a deal, or if you just on the other side, if you're a label or artist and you will be willing to do a producer like Ronnie or, or like myself, or like anyone else that's trying to out here do something like like that. Um understand that shit like that happens, man. You know, and it's you know, it's like you said, karma is a motherfucker, man. It's no no i hate to hear any kind of business like dissolve and lose that like that but it's just you yeah know, you idiot. hate to
1: hear stuff like that and you know like there's a black there's a black family too At like that like you you will never want to see something like that but
0: right, right because right.
1: things transpired the way they did that's what led to stuff happening
0: now and that's real man i mean got to do good business out here I mean that's just this is key man because good business is I mean, if you do good business, then you always have a strong, solid bridge to, you know, this to cross on. But do bad business, that bridge is burnt, man. Because people don't fuck with their money, man. That's that's real.
1: That's what I was even saying, like when when I did sit down, I was like, let's not burn the bridge before we even build it. Like I actually want to work with y'all and, and build, but turned out the way it did, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, man, hey, so yeah, good people. Like, make sure y'all uh, take that story, man, and you know, heed it, man. So make sure you take that as a good cautionary tale for like just knowing what's not to do, man. Cause like Ronnie, he definitely, he he definitely had to deal with the hard way, but he definitely, I'm my man definitely saying he learned everything he needed to learn. It's like, nah, going forward, it ain't gonna happen to me again. I hear that. Cause, cause niggas out here shit, stay shysty, man. They slick. They can be, man. That's, and that's the truth, of course. Yeah, for real. That's real shit, bro. But uh, but you no, know, we about to go ahead and actually uh shut it down in a second, bro. Like we had a great conversation, man. For real, for real. I definitely appreciate this interview, man. And uh I want to give you the space and opportunity to give out your contact information and anything, any kind of work that you got coming up that you want people to know about. So, man, you got the floor.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh Base Lab Entertainment is the name of our production company. My name is Ronnie Beats with the Z. I'm the co-founder. My nephew is the other co-founder. We were established in 2017, like I said earlier. Um, You can find us everywhere, basically. Uh, You can Google Base, B-A-S-S-L-E-B-E-N-T. Everything can come up. Our website is baselabent.net. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We even got a YouTube channel and we basically work with a lot of the local artists down here in the miami area but we're also open to taking on mixing projects from anywhere basically so we're working on the internet right now in the digital age so um yeah you just reach out to us on any social media platforms it's not hard to find us and yeah that's pretty much it and i appreciate you taking the time to interview me and give me this opportunity and this platform to share my story um it's been great though i appreciate it
0: oh all t- oh already man like no problem man i'm glad i was able to have you on here in the t- to tell your stories man like definitely man so yeah, it was a great interview definitely bro and uh as a matter of fact do you have any final words for the good people out there before we shut it down all together
1: um just keep making music man it's a lot going on in this world and we need music right now to heal us. Like, this is, is therapy for us, so just keep making music, man. That's that's what we could do right now. That's the one thing, doesn't matter what religion you believe in, doesn't matter what color your skin is, this music is one thing that brings us all together.
0: That's real, bro. That's great words, brother. Thank you so much, man. For real, for real. Thank you so much again for taking the time out to do this interview, man. Appreciate it again. And, uh, good people. That was another episode of Fruit of the Boom podcast. Uh, again, make sure you check us out on all forms of social media at Fruit Boom Pod. That's F-R-U-I-T-B-O-O-M-P-O-D. Uh, catch us at freshproducesco.com slash Fruit of the Boom for all the archived episodes, as well as Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all the major podcast sites. We out there and catch us, uh, every other Wednesday on Facebook Live for, uh, Fresh produce online until everything closes up with the pandemic. So I will holler at you, good people. Peace.